Heavenly Father, as we are together in silence, um, I know our hearts and our minds are not silent as we remember the people that we love and know that are suffering uh, physically right now. And I just imagine, as in the Old uh, Old Testament times, as the smoke from the incense rises up into your presence, representing the prayers of your people, that, that, that maybe even the sun on the wet roof of our church would be rising the steam above us to reach the heavens with our desires. Lord, sometimes we don't know how to pray. We, we wish we had the confidence or the knowledge that you would heal and that we could pray uh, with, with absolute certainty. But we, we very often are, are in, in the dark about what your will is in, in each situation. You know our desire for those we love, that they would be healed, that they would be well, that, that we would have many more days to, to be with them and love with them, and that they would, uh, even if their situation is not life-threatening, but that they would, would not have to suffer the physical illnesses. But Lord, in the moments of our prayer and the, and the trembling of our hearts, by your Spirit, give us the knowledge of how we can be an encouragement, how we can be your presence in their lives, how we can uh, maybe even sacrificially step outside of our time and resources to, to uh, bless those who are struggling uh, physically that we know. Lord, above all things, we pray that your Holy Spirit would visit them. If they know you, that they would be encouraged and aware of your presence walking with them in the dark valley. And if they don't know you, that this would be the time, this would be the day when they open their hearts to your love. We pray in Jesus' name. We're going to uh, move on now to a scripture reading, and uh, Brenda, I think, has that for us. Good morning, I'll be reading 1 John 4, verses 7 to 21. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we will live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. We have seen and testified that, fa- that the Father has sent his son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the God love, on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or a sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, 
cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. give you that reminder from 1st John um, as I think you already know 1st, uh, 2nd and 3rd John I believe are written to the to one problem just just different uh, aspects of it or different audiences in the different letters and as we come to 3rd John it goes from uh, in 2nd John where, where, where John addressed a church and how it should respond to this, this issue uh, and then in 3rd John we come to John writing to an individual how they should respond. And so uh, he kind of covers all the bases there. Now, um, in 1 John, if you remember, he, he structures his thoughts around um, two, two pictures, I guess you could say, or two illustrations, light and love. If you remember, we learned there that in, in the presence of Jesus, sin cannot stand. And that was illustrated and talked about in the, with the, uh, the reference to light and that Jesus is light and love, that Jesus is love. But he only brings the love portion forward into 2nd and 3rd John. And, and, and I think he wants uh, the readers, including us, to, to couch everything we think about, everything we do, everything we apply, everything in this whole context of a possible church split um, in the context of love. If, if our actions, if our words, if the way we're proceeding this very difficult and sensitive uh, area is not surrounded by and characterized by and obviously motivated by love, then we're doing it wrong. Uh, and he, he just brings that forward throughout. It, it's quite amazing really when you read First John and then second and third, and realize that what he's really talking about is the, the crux of the matter. He's saying that some people in the churches he's the elder of are, have, have rejected the, the true um, meaning of who Jesus Christ is. Either that Jesus Christ was God, the Messiah, but didn't have a real body, or that Jesus was a man and didn't, was not the Christ, was not, was not God. And so without, without that, there is no Christianity. Without, without the proper understanding and belief in Jesus Christ, it all falls. It's the, it's the key issue. It's the one upon which you cannot compromise in the church. And yet, he only, in, in a sense, barely mentions that issue. But what is he doing throughout all of these letters, particularly 1 John, as you just heard read a portion of it? He's focusing our attention on Jesus. And that reminded me of, of this picture, uh, Daniel in the lion's den. Notice where he's looking. He's not looking at the problem. He's not looking at the threat. He's focused on the solution, on the light of God that is flooding his soul. I know it's an illustrative picture of a spiritual reality. And I think that's what... I mean, John's not Daniel, but that's kind of what he's getting at here. He says, look at the light. Live out of love. But this is still a serious issue. It's a serious danger that needs to be dealt with. But, but you don't deal with it by, by focusing. And I think, um, I think Wayne reminded of that in our current political and, and uh, I don't know, situation. 
I was going to talk about COVID and our response, but I'd just be saying things I've said many times already from here, so we'll just leave it. But focus, and then our songs. I mean, I mean, we just, we just sang uh, a few minutes ago that the victory is already won. And so, why are we fighting? Why are we fighting with the lions when the victory's already won? That's, that's Daniel's attitude. He could pick a fight with the lions. They might eat him even if God said no, <laughs> if he picked the fight. But, but he's, uh, he's focused the right way. So that's what John is doing here in this, this very sensitive situation. Again, there's only 15 verses in 3 John, so there's no point in picking out a particular key passage. And so I'll just read, um, I'll just read the whole thing. Um, what I want to do today is look at four characters and then ask you a question. Which one of these characters is struggling with the same things that you are? It's going to be kind of low-key, maybe even low-energy, because, um, because uh, last week on, on Wednesday, uh, we, we had the new regulations come out. But I was leaving Thursday morning at 4 a.m. to go to the airport, uh, go to Langley for, for national board meetings, which I'm going to probably report a little bit on, on uh, next week. Um, and I got home this morning at 3 a.m. And so, uh, so if I fall asleep as I stand here, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't feel very energetic. But I do have some thoughts I'd like to share with you, and I'll, I'll let you, uh, you take the application forward in your life. Let's read 3 John. To the elder, my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the Lord, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy to have some believers come and testify to your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. You have told, they have told the church about your love. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name that you went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought to therefore show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephus, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write to you, but I will not do so, I will not do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there in my name. There's not a, a lot here about love except for two things. 
One is, it's the one thing that John compliments Gaius, who's the recipient of this letter, compliments him on his love. And it's the main thing he, uh, he points out in Dietrich Diotrephus, I don't know how to say his name, uh, that, that he loves himself first. So there he's, he's hearkening back to 1 John to, to bring all that content into our minds as we apply this situation. So, um, let's look at these guys. There's, there's four characters in this story, and they each have a challenge, and we want to look at that. The first character in this story is John, the author of the letter. Now, John has a challenge here. He's, he calls himself, or he refers to himself as the elder. And uh, we, we understand from that that, that that means that John, the disciple of Jesus, who, who I believe writes these letters, uh, has moved from, from Jerusalem, from Palestine. And he's not like Paul and Peter traveling around to all the different churches and planting churches and that. He's, he's a different kind of gifted person. And he's settled, we, we think, in the area of Ephesus. And he is overseeing a number of churches in the area, meeting in homes, and he is referred to as the elder. He's the, he's the overseer, the one watching over uh, the, this uh, network of, of churches, of, of bodies of Christ. And so in his responsibility then as his el- an elder, he's, he tells us in 1 John that there's a group of people who've split off from the church because they've stopped believing the truth about Jesus Christ. So he's writing these letters to address that issue and to warn the churches and tell them how to deal with it. And now he's writing to a friend who's, who's in, this, in this issue. And so, um, so that's his challenge. The church is splitting over, uh, over Christology, over who Jesus is or how we understand and believe Jesus. The next character we have is the, the one who this letter is personally addressed to, Gaius. We don't have a lot of personal address letters in the, our scriptures. Most are are addressed to the whole church, but this one is to an individual. And uh, he's a church member. Uh, It doesn't seem like he probably is a leader in the church, and his challenge is different. He wants to provide hospitality. Uh, The the way the the early church, Paul and Peter and John operated, is they would train a young person, and then they would give them the message, and then they would send them to visit house to house in the churches and give the message on their behalf. So these would be strangers, but they would come with a letter of recommendation or a recommendation from one of the apostles, one of the elders, and uh, the church was to, to bring them in, provide food and lodging, and then give them enough resource to get to the next location. And so this is what Gaius wanted to do, but his challenge was that, um, that he was prevented by the leadership in his church from providing this kind of hospitality. And so that was, that was what he was dealing with. And then we have uh, the, so the bad guy here, Diotrephus. Um, and, uh, but I want to be generous to him because I, I think there's room to be generous. His challenge is he knows there's a heresy. He knows there's a, a false teaching going around with some of these teachers who aren't sent by the apostles. And, and I think he's, he's trying to protect the church from that false teaching. And so uh, perhaps he's overreacted and doesn't let anyone teach except himself now. But there's reasons for that, which, which, which John points out in terms of his character. But I want to give him a little slack there and, and understand that as a church leader, he faces a real challenge. 
uh, with, with false teachers traveling around and claiming to be from the apostles. And so, uh, so that's a challenging position to be in. And then, uh, and then we have this guy that we don't know much about, Demetrius. And just from the little bit, two verses there that mention him, uh, I suspect that he is, and this is again, this is my, my um, speculation, but just in the context, I think he's one of these traveling teachers. So he's come to the church where Demetrius didn't let him come in and teach. He was sent by John. Gaius tried to give him hospitality, but Demetrius told him that if he did that, he'd be kicked out of the church. And so, so Demetrius has come back to John and reported on these things. And, uh, and that was probably the instigation for this letter. Part of that's my imagination, but just in the context, that makes sense to me that that's what's going on here. He's, he's again, recommending that Demetrius is one of the ones that, that is truth itself, he says. Uh, he represents the truth. Uh, you should invite him in. So, um, so Demetrius' challenges, he's, he's given a task, he's, he has a gift, he has a ministry to fulfill, and he's blocked from fulfilling his assignment. Maybe, maybe you've felt like that before, where uh, you knew what God wanted you to do, or someone had given you a task, and, and there was no response. You couldn't do it because the people uh, that you were working with wouldn't allow it. So there's the four guys, the four characters, their challenges. Maybe you recognize some challenge that you face in one or another of them. And so let's, let's move on then to the, the solutions that they can't come up with. Uh, John comes up with the solution of writing 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Uh, his challenge is there's a split over, over wrong teaching about Jesus Christ that's, that's not only going to split the church, but if people follow that teaching, they no longer will be the church of Jesus Christ because that's not the truth upon which the gospel stands. So his, his solution here is to write these letters and, uh, and probably send them out with people like Demetrius to bring them to the churches and teach teach 1 John to the churches. Um, and so that's, that's what he does. That's what he did. And, um, and that's how, how he proceeded. Um, we'll get into, into more things about that in a minute, but let's move on to Gaius. This is, the, this is the main point of 3 John. So the rest of it is kind of on the periphery. This is the main point. Um, he's telling Gaius... Love even if it costs you. Accept the legitimate teachers into your home. Give them hospitality. Gather Christians around to hear their teaching, even if Demetrius kicks you out of the church. Love even if it costs. Do the right thing, even if it costs you something. And that then becomes uh, the message of 3 John. In 3 John, God says, Love even when you are misunderstood. We can tell stories about about that, but I think I think we decided to sing more instead. So ask me about them afterwards. I'm sure you could tell them too. Love even if you're misunderstood. It's more important. Diotrephus, his solution in the face of being responsible for a church when heresy was around was to isolate. <clears throat> put himself at the top, make himself the gatekeeper, and say, no one but me can teach in this church. We won't let anything else in because it's too dangerous. Maybe that's your challenge. Maybe that's how you feel sometimes about how we should handle church. It's too dangerous. 
let's just circle the wagons, uh, put up the walls, and just be ourselves, isolated from the rest. Set up an authority other than God that uh, tells us what we can and can't believe, what we can and can't listen to. Well, that's, a, that's a temptation in church leadership all the time. Demetrius, well, he was encouraged just to not make a big deal of it. He wasn't allowed to teach. Uh, just move on to the next church. Um, uh, yeah, you were given a task. Yes, you were blocked. You weren't able to fulfill this assignment. But, but just carry on. Uh, just let it slide. Uh, be like a duck. Uh, let the water shed off your back. So um, now we want to look a little bit more specifically at application. Uh, maybe you identify with John. Um, every one of you has someone, probably many someones, who look to you for direction. Even if it's your children, if it's uh, other people, friends, employees, people you work with, uh, people you barely have contact with, but you know they're struggling with some error and you know that they respect you. They would benefit from your encouragement. Someone you know, someone who, who you have a, a relationship with where maybe they'd listen and they're, they're misunderstanding Jesus. They're not applying Him right. They're listening to false teachers. You have the courage to speak up and uh, speak into that situation. Find a way, as John did, surrounded and completely um, enveloped in love, but a way to not just let it slide and let it go, but speak into the situation. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's your application this morning. If you're Gaius and you, you, you want to act in a certain way that you believe would be loving, but you get criticized for it. Um, or, or even worse, you, you get um, excluded from a friend group or, or from a church. Others are preventing you from doing what you know is right. And the application here is, do it anyways. <clears throat> Do it anyways. Act in love. Offer hospitality. And yes, there's a risk that sometimes you'll give hospitality to the wrong person. But the only other alternative is to become like the other guy who circles the wagons and doesn't, doesn't love anymore. And if we, if we act in that way, we become that kind of person. So I choose to err on the side of sometimes giving hospitality where it's not deserved, where it's inappropriate, where it doesn't do good. Because that makes me a generous person in the future. Every action creates our character. Again, that's the main point of this letter, Third John, to encourage Gaius to offer hospitality to the teachers that John sends out, even if... Uh, even if Diotrephus doesn't like it. And uh, the, the application here is very simple. Don't be like Diotrephus. He was a, he was a guy who loves to be first, uh, who, who wants all the attention on what he's doing, talks malicious about those who disagree with him, 
and then kicks people out of the church if they offer hospitality to strangers. Don't be like him. It's always tempting as Christians to try to isolate, try to protect, try to, try to take control of the situation. The problem is, is that's, that, that turns us into people who aren't loving. It turns us into people who aren't generous. Yes, there's danger out there. Yes, we're going to hear things that aren't true when, we're hospita- when we have hospitality and if we're open. We need to trust the Holy Spirit that He will guide us to truth even if we sometimes hear things that aren't true. Even if we sometimes say things that aren't true. Even if we sometimes believe things that aren't true. If we truly believe that we're dedicated to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit will guide us into truth, that'll only be temporary. We'll come through it. We'll come out the other side. But it's more important to be open and loving and generous and offer hospitality. Even if others criticize us for it. So don't be like him. It will turn you into someone who, as it says here, who loves to be first. When that is a that is a direct contradiction. What did Jesus say? In this world, kings and great men lorded over other people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like the servant. And Paul says, Diotrephus loves to be first. He doesn't choose the lowest seat. He demands the highest seat. Exactly opposite of the teaching of Jesus. And yet, he, yet in my imagination, he's doing it to protect the truth about Jesus. By being overprotective, he actually becomes contrary to Jesus in his actions and attitudes. And then Demetrius, um, you know, maybe you've, maybe you've felt like him many times. You know what God wants you to do. But we don't have a place for that in our church. We, have, we, don't, we can't, for some reason, uh, your, your passion for ministry that you think our church should be doing doesn't get heard, uh, doesn't become part of our official program, or, or maybe family members oppose it. Um, and here the advice that John's giving is, Move along. You're not wrong. It is the right... You you have it right. That is the assignment God gave you. But if there's opposition, if it's stopped, if it's blocked, don't start a fight. Don't don't make a big deal about about it. Just just move along. God will give you an opportunity to exercise those gifts in in another context on another day. Uh, But if you start a fight, the door will never be open back at Gaius' church again. And so, uh, so come back and then maybe visit them again, and things will be different. In 3 John, God says, love even when you are misunderstood. Which one of these guys was struggling with the things that you're struggling with today? Which one is giving you wisdom? I was trying to come up with with an energetic illustration and a, and a big ruha end to this sermon, but as I said, I'm low energy. I, I literally haven't looked at these notes since, since Friday night in the hotel room when I was already half asleep. So, so I, they're, they're almost new to me this morning as I look at them. Um, but I, I think there's, I don't know, I'm encouraged by it. 
um, we face challenges and, and we can see that, that each person, the same challenge, the same issue is hitting them very differently. And yet uh, the, the, the way forward in each case is, uh, is centered around the application of love yeah, in a different context, in a different person, in a different way. And so with that, I will ask the worship team to come forward and we will sing together.